I was preparing this week, I started out in the book of Judges, chapter 1, and if you know the book of Judges, it declares that Israel didn't have a king at that time, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Boy, you're going to get in trouble when you start doing that which is right in your own eyes. And in chapter 1, right off the bat, God said, I want you to take Canaan. You go in and you kill everything. You say, oh, that's cruel. I thought God was a merciful God, a loving God. He is. But do you know why he instructed them to not leave any of the enemies behind? Because they would eventually have children and they would always be fighting. So they disobeyed God. In fact, most of Israel decided, we'll just pay tribute. We'll hire our enemies to serve us. Ah, you get in trouble when you disobey God. Amen. But anyways, I was studying that. And I said, well, that'd be a pretty good message, it being the fourth. But then Amos just kept coming back to me. Amos just kept, so I went over to Amos chapter 8. Lori sang the song about a famine in the land. So turn your Bibles to Amos chapter 8, and we're going to look at that for a few minutes this morning. And it's a quarter till 12. I'm sorry, I can go ahead and tell you, I'm not going to be done at noon. Amen. Sorry, but I'll try to get you out of here by three anyways. People's already sliding in pews. Stand if you get there with me, and let's begin with verse 11. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. And in that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. They that swear by the sin of Samaria and say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth. Even they shall fall and never rise up again. Let's pray. Father, again, thank you for this day. Thank you for this privilege and this opportunity to stand before your congregation and share your word. Lord, be with me now as I break the bread of life. Give me the words to say, Lord, that I might present Christ and I might preach with boldness and authority your truths. And Lord, we are so thankful for those that are here. Bless them for their faith. Lord, and Lord, be with those that's not able to be here due to illness and being out of town. And Lord, we are thankful that we are Americans. We're thankful for this nation. And Lord, we thank you for the men and women that have given their lives to preserve the freedoms. But as my brother said earlier, Lord, we know that true liberty and true freedom is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, if there's one here today that knows you not, I pray your Holy Spirit would convict and draw them to you before it's eternally too late. 
For we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Please be seated. Now, understand when the word of the Lord came to Amos the prophet, it was the last days of the northern kingdom of Israel. Now, understand also that during those last days, there was prosperity. They had a strong military. There was peace in the land. I mean, looking at it, you would say, hey, everything was good. And physically and materially, yes, it was good. But the problem was when God sent Amos a prophet to Israel, they were blinded. They were blinded by their own hypocrisy and they were blinded and not even knowing spiritually They were blind and in trouble. And beloved, let me say this morning, our country has lots of trouble. Amen? I've never seen our nation in the shape like she's in. I never even could conceive in my mind growing up that our country would be the way it is today. We're divided as a country. You got your liberals... And you got your conservatives. Amen? You. (laughs) No, I won't go there. I'm just going to say this. We're blind. And. Look at verse 5 and 6. This is the reason God sent Amos to Israel. Chapter 8. Verses 5 and 6, saying when, saying, when will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn, and the Sabbath, that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small and the shekel great, and the falsifying the balances by deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver, and the needy for a pair of shoes, Yea, and sell the refuse of the wheat. You say, well, what is being said there? This was Israel's problem. Even though they were taught to observe the Sabbath and the sacrifices, they didn't truly Get into doing it. They were giving God lip service, pretty much. And you know what? They could hardly wait for for the Sabbath and the holy days to be over so that they could make a buck at the expense of the poor. Beloved, is that not parallel with America today? The only thing that matters in America is the almighty dollar. We can't wait to keep God out of the equation, get rid of the church, and just let us do what we want to do. We don't want to be in bondage to God. And Israel thought the same thing. Oh, God's put a yoke of bondage on us. We have to observe the holy days. We have to observe the sacrifices. 
and the Sabbath, and we're tired of it. Let's just deal with it, and let's just get it over with so we can go about our business. It's the same way today in America. And beloved, God says, Behold, I will send a famine in the land. Now, understand, there's been lots of famines. When he's talking about a famine, he's not talking about the one physically where there's no food. If you've ever seen those pictures on TV late at night of those little children that are over there in Africa that are literally being starved to death because there's not enough food, you see how their faces are sunk in. You see their little old bellies sticking out, ribs. I mean, they're walking skeletons. And beloved, it breaks my heart to see that. In fact, most of the time, I'll admit it, I have to click off. I can't handle it. We in America, all of us, have more food than anywhere else in the world. But do we thank God for it? No, we just take it for granted. We as a nation are richer than 99% of the world. We, even though our military has gotten weaker over the years, and by the way, it's not because we don't have the manpower, it's not because we don't have the equipment, it's because sorry politicians are out there to cut the military so that they can put money in their bank account. Amen. Amen. But we're not as strong as we used to be. And I think about that now that my grandson's serving this nation. I want to make sure all of our military has what they need. And I don't mind, <laughs> write this down, your pastor said he doesn't mind paying taxes. If they go to the right thing. If it goes to the military, the more the better. Take it all, I don't care. But if it starts going to abortion, it starts going to marriage of the same sex. It starts going to pay for someone that doesn't know the difference in being a boy and a girl. Uh, I have issues. And the number one problem, the reason America is in the shape she is in is because there is a famine in this land. Understand, God said, I will send a famine. Behold, when the Bible tells us to behold, it means God is saying to you and I, pay attention, be alert, listen to what I have to say to you. And he sent a famine into the land of Israel. Now they had plenty of food, they had plenty of water. He wasn't talking about a natural famine. He was talking about a famine of the Word of God. And beloved, that's where we're at today. Listen, the reason pulpits are void today, the reason churches are closing the doors, is because there is a famine in the land. You see, Israel chose not to listen to the prophets and the law of God and the word of God that he sent to them. They literally turned a deaf ear to it. 
And that's what's happened to our nation. We have turned a deaf ear to the word of the Lord. And you know what? God gave them exactly what they asked for. And understand, this famine came at the hands of God Almighty himself. You see, he sent judgment to Israel by not speaking the word to them anymore. Now, when you read that verse, behold, I'll send a famine in the land, you can read that two ways. Number one, you can say, well, God has told them that he is no longer going to speak to them. Brother, you're in sad shape if God ever stops speaking to you. Amen? That's about as worst a judgment you'll ever face. But number two, the way you can look at that is, I'll speak to you, but you won't be able to understand what I'm saying. Uh, you can look at that in both ways, can't you? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Notice what Jesus said. Is everybody there in Matthew 13? Let's begin reading in verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Look at verse 12. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundant. <coughs> Excuse me. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. What's he talking about there? Folks, he's talking about the word of God. Those that listen and heed the word of God will have an abundance of the word of God. But those that refuse to listen to the word of God, guess what? He'll take it from them. He'll take it from them. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of churches out there where the word of God has been taken from them because they don't proclaim the truth. Now listen to me. We have some good pastors out there, preachers out there, that every Sunday and Sunday night and on Wednesday nights in their Bible studies, they get up behind the pulpit and they proclaim the truth. The problem is the people let it go in one ear and out the other. They let it run off like water off a duck's back. And they don't apply it. And God says, you know what? When you don't apply it after it's being spoken to you, I will take it from you. And that's what's happened today. And then people are shriveling up on the vine, you might say. Churches are more like mortuaries than they are God's local New Testament church. They're cold and they're dead because you know why? Because the Word of God has been taken away. They're not proclaiming the Word of God. And I'll tell you something about the Word of God. 
It is quick and sharper than a double-edged sword, and it will cut deep. And people today had rather be entertained than to be preached at. Amen? I see it, and I hear it. Oh, don't preach to me. Hey, had you rather me just leave you to yourself? Had you rather me not try to develop a close walk with the Lord? With you and God? Had you rather me just let you do whatever you want to do? I won't do that because I'm accountable for you. I got to give an account. Listen to me. Every one of you, God is going to hold me accountable for what I preach and I teach. Now that is a sobering thought, folk. I'm accountable. But see, here's what people want today. As I said, they want a preacher that will preach what is culturally available today. They want to hear how good they are. Tell me I'm a good person. Don't tell me I'm a sinner. Tell me that I am the cream of the crop. Build me up. Well, the problem is, before you can get to heaven and you can get to God, you've got to be tore down. But no, they're looking for that. And oh, by the way, we're dinosaurs. I'm a dinosaur. I'm an old timer. I'm old school. I'm a fundamentalist that believes this is God's holy word. There is not one error anywhere in it. This is the authorized version of God's word. There are imitations out there, but that's what they are. They're imitations. There's only one word of God, and I'll get in trouble, but I'm going to say it till I die. It's the King James Version. Amen. Amen. Won't you just take that other stuff and toss it? Because it's not God's word. And I'll go ahead and get in trouble, but I'll say this too. Yes, I'm a dinosaur, and yes, I believe in expository preaching. That's the way I was taught. That's the way I'm going to continue. And if you don't like it, go find you somebody that just wants you to feel good about yourself. I ain't in it for that. I'm in it to teach you the Word of God. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with the Savior. I'm here for you, but if you don't want to listen, that's on you. Let me tell you what's going to happen if you don't listen. You're going to shrivel up, die on the vine, and spiritually, you're going to be dead. Amen. I'll get in trouble about this, too. I stay in trouble, Sister Ginger. There's folks out there. Not only do they not want to hear the word of God, but they want to go to a church where they can listen to an upbeat contemporary song 
that doesn't lift up the name of Christ. All it does is feed the flesh and to them, oh, I'm on fire for God. It ain't God, it's your flesh that's on fire. Amen. I, as long as I'm your pastor, now you can tell me to hit the road and I'll hit the road. But as long as I'm your pastor, it'll be traditional hymns. It ain't going to be rocking out at Lone Mountain tonight. <laughs> Amen? Ain't going to be. Our work. I was talking to Brother Terry today in the study. I like the ABA. I've been ABA all my life. I was raised that way. But boy, are they a changed. They've gotten away. We've got preachers there that... <laughs> Preaching out of Bibles that uh, a long time ago, they would have been set down and said, nope. Yep, big stink, brother. We got music today that uh, a long time ago wouldn't have happened. Now, I will say this. It's not as bad as it was because some has kind of made a stink, but it still needs to be some correction. But a few years ago, we went there, and they had a band, and I, you couldn't even talk. It was so loud. You couldn't hear nothing. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the guitar and instruments. I'm not talking. Oh, no. I, you know, but we're not going to rock out. No, we're going to, traditional hymns, we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. And we're going to do it with a heart of worship in a manner that we've been taught in the Word of God. But of course, again, we're dinosaurs. Oh, you just don't get it. I got it a long time ago. <laughs> Problem is, you've lost it. Amen? You've lost it. There is a famine in our land. That's the problem with America today. But America can't even see it. Are y'all in Matthew chapter 13? Go, let me read something else to you. Let's finish up. There, there's a lot of good stuff there. Matthew 13. Look at verse 13. 13 and 13. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand that their heart, with their heart, and should be converted and I should heal them. And then he said to the disciples, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Understand what Jesus is saying there. And I'll make it real simple for you, because I'm a simple guy. Jesus is saying, being able to see and hear and understand the word is a gift from him. And you and I will never be able to see or understand unless he reveals it 
to us. How do I know? Well, Paul said, the natural man receiveth not the things of God. They're spiritually discerned. They're foolish to a natural man. Why? Because God has to open the eyes and the ears to the word. But he said this group don't want to see, don't want to hear, and that's where we are in America today because they don't want to see, they don't want to hear. You tell people that marriage is between a man and a woman, it's ordained of God, and they don't want to hear it. You tell them abortion is murder in the eyes of God, they don't want to hear it. But yet they want to come through the doors of the church. They want to have communion. They want to have fellowship. They want to have all rights and privileges when God says, uh-uh. There's a big debate right now in the Catholic church about that. I will say this. I ain't, don't know a whole lot about Catholics. They don't believe the way I do. But listen to me. Thank God for the bishops that are willing to stand for what's right. Even though they probably don't really understand it. But life begins at conception. Not six months, not nine months. It begins at conception. That little bitty egg becomes a living soul. The very moment. Amen? And it's murder when you kill them. But dull of hearing, eyes that will not see. And we say, well, they're lost. They don't understand. Hey, we got church people. In fact, the church is warned. Paul warned Timothy over in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Listen to what he said. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Notice what Paul tells Timothy. He's talking about the church here. Look at verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. Folks, there's a lot of folks that believe in a fable and not the Word of God. And they choose to not believe the truth, even when it's presented. And what's going to happen when they do that? On an old vine that doesn't get enough sunlight, it doesn't get enough water, it draws up on the vine and dies. When a believer doesn't get enough of the Word of God, they draw up and spiritually they die. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God. Who sent the famine? God. Not a famine of bread, not a, nor of thirst for water, but from hearing the words of the Lord. Now look at verse 12. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. 
see, when God sends famine into the land, listen, when he shuts off the word, there becomes a great void in our hearts. And to fill that void, we will run forwards, backwards, and everywhere seeking to find something to fill that void. And people today, they hop from church to church to church. They don't want to hear good preaching. They don't want to adhere to teaching God's Word. What they want to do is, again, to be made to feel good about themselves, not be preached to, so they'll hop from this church to that church to this church when all that they really need to fill that void is right where they left it, where the Word of God is proclaimed and taught. Amen. Amen. It bothers me as a pastor. We've had some good people come through these doors. But they stay for a little while, and out the doors they go. Some of them are good enough to tell you they're going over there because it's closer to home or they're going over there for some specific reason. Others won't tell you a word until you receive a promise of a letter. But the sad thing is we have here at Lone Mountain, and I'm going to brag on you all, it's not your church or mine, it's the Lord's church. But we have a church here that excels in preaching and teaching the Word of God. We do. And I'll not hold my head down. I'm proud to say I'm Lone Mountain's pastor. And it ain't me, not Brother Tucci, it's none of us in leadership. It's the Lord. I don't take credit for nothing. It's him and him only. And by the way, it would do a lot of preachers good if they learned to give God the glory and let him have the credit. You can go to the ABA, boy, you can hear some of them preachers strutting around like a banny rooster. Um, to, oh, we had 150 in Sunday school. Whew, I'm a good teacher. Okay, that's good. Keep that arrogant attitude up and you won't have five people. Because the devil, if you're blowing and going like you say, and you're preaching and teaching the truth, believe me, the devil ain't going to set back and let it go. He's going to attack you. Oh, is he going to attack you? Got to be careful. But notice, running back and forth. And again, they're looking and they're searching, but God has sent the famine. Into the land. Not a food, not a water, but the word of the Lord. And that's what's happened today to America. We've got lots of troubles. We do. I understand that. Our country's not what it once was. I mean, I look at my grandkids and it breaks my heart. If the Lord delays his coming, it breaks my heart for them. If we're seeing what we're seeing with our own eyes, what will they see in 40 years? If he delays his coming. But I'm going to tell you, as bad as things are in America, 
The reason is because we fooled ourselves into thinking, boy, everything's okay. No. The reason America is in the shape she's in today is there's a famine in the land. And we won't open our eyes. And we won't open our ears to hear that. Beloved, it breaks my heart. I saw on the news just last week there's a chaplain in North Carolina that's over the whole correctional, I guess, board or whatever, but calls the shots. And she, notice I said she, she has told all the chaplains there that minister for her that they cannot in their prayer in Jesus' name. Why? There's a famine in the land. The appeals court, now this has been a while back, but the appeals court ruled that it was unconstitutional for a pastor to give the invocation and end it in Jesus' name because a couple of the council members felt offended because he used in Jesus' name only. That's too exclusive. There's a famine in the land, folk. It's amazing the average Baptist doesn't know the books of the Bible. They don't know the Ten Commandments and they definitely don't know how to witness to somebody that ain't saved. But yet, they're able to stand up and argue over what's said behind the pulpit every Sunday or taught in Sunday school. There's a famine in the land. Not a bread, not a water, but the hearing of God's holy and precious word. Famine. There's lots of judgments in the Word of God. God sent Israel judgment after judgment because of their disobedience, their idolatry. And, of course, the Word of God tells us we're supposed to learn from their mistakes, aren't we? You know, there's a big old parallel between us and Israel because uh, they made lots of mistakes. We're still making mistakes, just like them. You'd think we would have learned after reading about all of those judgments. Now I want to say this. Many, many judgments. But I think the worst judgment that God could ever give a nation and a people is that right what we read in Amos. A famine in the land. I love my country. If we needed to take up arms to defend her from some oppressing country, it wouldn't even cross my, I wouldn't give it a second thought. I would be there. You say, you're pretty old. I still know how to shoot a gun. Just prop me up someplace.
Not to brag, I shot a six-point on the run 92 yards away. One shot. Dropped dead as a doornail. You say, but your eyes were a lot better then. Yeah, that's true. Oh, I never ran, brother. I shot. And I sat there. You got to make sure that he lays there. He doesn't jump back up. Shot. That one time, he didn't get up in about 20 minutes, and then I walked over there, and, yep, he's dead. The very next day, we was at deer camp, walk into my stand, here comes a whole herd. I just turned, poof, fire, one shot. So the camp called me one shot, that was my name. Now today, it might take two shots. Maybe three shots, but hey, I can shoot. But let's get back to serious. Yeah, that guy right there is pretty good. I, I went shooting with him not too long ago. He's got a pretty good pattern, pretty good. I wouldn't want him shooting at me anyway. Uh, back to serious note, and I'm going to hush. Hey, I didn't do too bad. There is truly a famine in our land. And it's going to take us Christians that love God's word. Crying out on our knees. Asking God to remove the famine so that America can open up her eyes. Listen, we were talking about judgment. If you're here and you've never trusted the Lord as your personal Savior, there's a judgment waiting for you at the great white throne. And if you end up there, and you will for certain if you don't receive Jesus as your personal Savior, end up there, it's all said and done. You will spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. And uh, contrary to what a lot of these rock and roll singers and rappers say, it ain't going to be a party down there. You're going to be in torment for all eternity. But the good news is this. You don't have to go to that place. God loves you. And he sent his son into the world to die and pay the penalty of your sin so that you would never have to go to that awful place. All you have to do is accept his gift of eternal life by something that's simple called faith. You say, well, can you make that any plainer? Trust. Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust God? I'll tell you this. You can rely on both of them. You can trust them with everything you have. So, sinner friend, even though there's a famine in the land, God says, you know what? There may be a famine in the land. There may be a lack of God's word being preached and taught. But listen, there's still an opportunity for you. 
there's still plenty of spiritual food and water if you'll just come. Would you do that this morning? Child of God, pray for our country. Pray for America. And be thankful you are American. We're not perfect, dear Lord. I cringe sometimes at what I see. But you know what? We're still one of the greatest nations, if not the greatest nation, on the face of the earth. And contrary to what our kids are being taught and what they're telling you in the media, our nation was founded upon the Word of God and worship. Okay? I know they're trying to erase history. Uh-uh. 